The Feed Bandit Podcast, Episode 3. It's September. What are the critters up to? Howdy, and welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we entertain ourselves talking hunting and do what we can to support small and family-owned businesses and entrepreneurs in the hunting space wherever possible, as they are the lifeblood of our economy and our communities. Are you a small business, feed store, gear manufacturer, inventor, or early stage or serial entrepreneur in the hunting space and would like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the Feed Bandit podcast? If so, please let us know. Go to feedbandit.com slash promote and drop us a line. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. That, that is feedbandit.com slash promote. And for you fellow hunters out there, do you want special access to new and innovative hunting gear? Well, we're, well, we are in the process of putting together an exclusive collection of small businesses and entrepreneurs in the hunting space to bring our community the best, newest, and most innovative products available. Limited access will be granted through our email list, so be sure to join the hunt. When you join, you'll get our free ebook of unique hunting tips and tricks for both beginning and experienced hunters. You'll also receive hunting news, tips, supplier giveaways, gear promotions, and much more. We know you probably already get a lot of spam, so we promise not. To, we promise to send you only cited in information that you care about. So don't miss out, and be sure to join the hunt at feedbandit.com/join. Again, that's feedbandit.com/join. All right, well, howdy everybody, and welcome back to the Feed Bandit podcast. I'm your host uh, Jimmy Byrne, and with me is my compadre uh, Richard Kinchlow. How you doing? Good, sir. How are you doing tonight? Oh, awesome. Looking forward to having another good conversation, something that's pretty interesting. Indeed. Uh, that I think a lot of people may not think about. Uh, you know, we wanted to talk about uh, the various critters and animals that run around your ranch or lease and, you know, discuss what are they doing right now since it's September? You know, what are they doing as we're going into the fall? You know, mm-hmm. as you know, as you all know, we're in dove season here in Texas and pretty much everywhere, I suppose, and getting very close to deer hunting. Uh, so let's talk about how they're preparing for the new fall, other than, you know, starting to watch their favorite college football teams, that being right. the deer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what, uh, what do you think? Uh, what are, what are, uh, what's the, what's the common, I don't know, white-tailed deer doing walking around out there in the wilderness? Sure, sure. Well, just, just again, you know, every, well, everything that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about here again is, is gonna be based in, uh, in Texas. Uh, obviously, that is where we uh, we do our our hunting and all that. Um, uh, so you know, really, for for us on the place that we hunt, you know, in, in September, September is really kind of more of a ah tight month. And the reason why I use that the the sigh uh, sound effect there, which I actually did that, there we don't have any buttons here to depress <laughs> that, is is because um, you know the 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 daytime highs are are starting to stay. You know, hold on. Yeah, knock on wood. Are are starting to stay in the in the 90s. Okay, the evening temperatures are getting a little bit cooler. Uh, we've actually had some of that stuff that uh, that falls from the sky, and if uh, if you get enough of it, it it'll actually you fill that liquid up, stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the rain, that you know, uh, yeah, rain <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Right. So we're starting to get some of that. It, basically, what I'm getting at is the the miserable months of June, July, and August are are in the rear view mirror and uh, nobody's wanting to go back to those. So, um, you know, right, right about now, especially in the area that we hunt, the, uh, the white tail bucks are starting to, uh, starting to shed their velvet. 
Um, what, you is, know, what is velvet? But what is velvet? What is velvet? So, you know, a, a white tail. So, well, wait, let's just go back to the beginning. Uh, uh, this could be another podcast, but no, we'll, we'll cover it now. The, uh, you know, so, so deer, okay, deer have antlers. Okay, so elk, uh, caribou, mule deer, white-tailed deer, uh, axis deer. Uh, so a deer, a deer's antlers are 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 are, are constantly growing. Okay, so uh, in, in Texas at least, uh, the antlers um, they will actually uh, the hardened antlers will actually fall off. Uh, typically starting in about late January and early early February. Um, the reason why they're falling off is because you've got another new set of antlers that's growing up underneath there. And that uh, makes for uh, for kind of fun in the spring, right, looking absolutely. around for sheds as you're going around your property. Absolutely. Oh, and if you see them, always collect them. Oh, you know, there's there's no doubt. There's, there's no endless, doubt. I mean, there's a lot you could do with them or just, yep. you know, or just throw them in a pile until you figure out what to do with them. I have yep. a whole pile of them <laughs> now absolutely. And, that I've done various things with, so it's just, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially you know, for kids. Just, I mean, just about, about to say, say that. <laughs> just about to say, you know, one of the things that we, we like to do is, is go around into, you know, to a pasture and, and look for, uh, look for the shed antlers. So, um, but yeah, starting in your know, late February and, and into early March, again, in our part of the, uh, the state, um, you know, the antlers will start to, will start to grow again. And so, uh, when they start to grow, they're actually living tissue. Okay. So if they get damaged, uh, that's how you can get some funky looking, uh, funky, funky looking antler sets. Okay. Drop Those are my nine. favorite. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The, the more non trophy the best. There you yes. go. <laughs> um, so, so what happens is, is eventually those antlers will, um, I, I guess they, they basically die and, and then they harden. And then so the bucks will start to, to, to rub off that skin and they, they call that skin the velvet. And underneath there, it actually looks kind of crazy. If you've seen a buck that's just shed his antlers, you might be looking at him and, and kind of freak out and go, oh, my God, you know, the, the buck's antlers are red. Well, that's because, again, it was living tissue. Uh, but, yeah, you, you know, they scrape off the velvet, you know, this time of year. Um, you think they can feel that? Do they feel that at all? Or no? Well, I, I, I know for a fact that they feel – I know for a fact that they feel the uh, – um, you know that that they feel you know pain when the antler is when the antler's still growing and living. Absolutely, uh-huh. okay. I I can only imagine, and that's why you'll see you'll see white-tailed deer, you know, and elk, and you know, mule deer, and all those those kind of deer and a deer species will actually fight. You know, the the males will fight with their hooves because they're trying not to damage their mm-hmm. uh, damage their racks per se. Um, on the other side, just real quickly, you know, goats. Um, goats and sheep and, you know, black bug antelope, I think all the antelope species, they have horns. So horns are constantly growing. Um, and they do not shed. So that's the difference between horns and antlers. Of course, you will hear a lot of people, you know, um, you know, especially in the, in, in the South, say, boy, look at the horns <laughs> on that dumb gun. Like, yeah, well, not, t- not really, but, uh, East um, Texas. yeah, there you go. There you go. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so, so the, you know, the, the white, the white-tailed deer, and again, our part of the state of Texas are, are just kind of starting to enjoy things. Uh, you know, for example, we've had, uh, some pretty significant rainfall. Um, yeah, we, we know that a lot of the, 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 uh, fall browse or the browse, uh, plant species are coming out, and the deer are really starting to, uh, to hit those. Uh, we know this because our, um, 
our protein feeders that we've got up and running, um, uh, they're starting to, um, they're not hitting them as often. Now, if you go back and look at some of the, the, the material that we've published, and obviously this will be one of our major topics, you know, on, on many podcasts to come, but, you know, kind of our, our, our management plan when it comes to protein, uh, can, you know, the protein distribution on the, on the place that we hunt, is really going to be based off your range conditions, your amount of rainfall, really what time of the year it is. So, uh, in, really in August, we stop feeding protein, meaning we're, we're probably not going to refill those feeders. So, um, that is unless it's just been incredibly dry or the drought is persisting, the, the high temperatures are really bad and the natural forage is, is, is gone, uh, or is, is it lacking per se. And as you so, as you said, you kind of you, you've talked a lot about this on uh, our some of our blogs. Yep. Uh, supp- about supplemental feeding, we have a supplemental Absolutely. feeding blog, and then basics of uh, feeding for deer. So Absolutely. So they so the folks can check that out at our blog, you know, feedband.com/blog, and you can see those on there. So. A- 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 absolutely. So, you know, again, right now we're we're um, you know, but it, 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 it's a great thing. Supplemental feeding is what it is. What it is, it's supplemental feeding. If if your deer, if your animals are relying on 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 your on your supplemental feeding, you've got a problem. So uh, obviously, we are we are delighted to see the fact that you know they're not hitting the protein feeders as much because again they're utilizing those that natural browse. Um, so that's 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 kind of what the what their deer are doing right now, uh, it is, especially the bucks. Now, the the does uh, the does are they still got their fawns? Uh, you know, typically in our part of the the state, uh, the does will actually um, the fawns will actually hang out with them. And a lot of times, actually through the deer season. Now they've been weaned, so um, you know typically they'll have their fawns starting in you know mid to early May, um, and again then they'll they'll keep those fawns with them. Uh, but typically by, by deer season, you know, they're, they're, they're done. So, uh, yet again, the, the, the does are saying, ah, right. you know, because, because junior's not hanging around as much and junior's eating, you know, natural forage and all that kind of stuff and not, uh, not nursing. I mean, you will see, you will see some late drop fawns still nursing. You will see a couple of spots still, but, um, that's, that's typically on the, um, on the way out. Uh, something else that the deer are going to be looking forward to are the, uh, the dreaded acorns. Uh, I, I call them dreaded because uh, acorns are a, uh, are sometimes a stand hunter's worst nightmare. Um, you know, we, we typically, again, I keep, keep saying it, it sound like a parrot here, but, uh, the place that we hunt, uh, we will typically get our corn feeders up and running about, uh, you know, uh, late, mid to late September. Um, and then, you know, you, you typically start to see the, the live oak acorns starting to fall in, uh, late September. In fact, when I was hunting at our, the place, uh, last weekend, I actually had an acorn fall off an, uh, uh, fall off a live oak tree and fall into my dog's bowl. We both looked back. <laughs> what was that? What the hell was that? Oh, did, um, uh, did Scarlet figure out gravity? You know, as she did. She's like, wasn't that, uh, it was a new Newton, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I was about to say Einstein. He was, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I failed history. But, um, yeah, so, so the acorns are coming, okay? And of course, again, this, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're a bow hunter, okay, you know, especially up in the, up in the north, um, that's the northwest, but the, the Midwest and whatnot, you know, you're hunting out there in the, in the forest and whatnot. That's, yeah, you typically you'll see folks set up bow stands and whatnot in those oak trees, or near those oak trees rather, and, and do really well. You know, here in Texas, 
um, our our forests are just incredibly thick. Uh, and so, you know, we, we've got, you know, what we call senderos or, or cuts, if you will, in the landscape, maybe down power lines. And that's where we'll have our blinds and sometimes we'll have our corn feeders. And you hear a lot of guys really complaining a lot about, you know, oh, God, you know, the, the acorns are here because the, the deer aren't, they're, they're not there. You know, they're, they're out there in the, they're underneath the trees eating the acorns. So, you know, you, you, you definitely need to look at your, look at your trees, look at your pecans and your bur oaks or your, your, uh, your live oaks, your red oaks, see what the acorns look like. Because well, wasn't it two years ago or so, was it two years ago right. at the ranch where, my God, they were just out of control and yep. we were just having such a hard time absolutely. seeing anything, you know, we yeah, had, like, absolutely. They started, they started real early. Yeah. Uh, and, and literally the corn was stacking up underneath the feeders. And, and, you know, we, we weren't bothered to buy it because we weren't shooting anything then. But, you know, we're under our the place we hunt at under a, a managed land deer permit. So we can start shooting in October. We'd get in the blinds and, I mean, it'd be crickets. There'd be nothing there. It's an occasional coon, um, you know, or, or other vermin. But, you know, they were out there, they were out there eating the acorns and something that we did to, uh, to counter that is we got out of the blinds. Okay. We sat in these, um, in these senderos and then these cuts in the landscape where we can catch deer transitioning. Um, so, so that, that's one method of, you know, of, of dealing with the acorns. Okay. So well, that's a good segue into scouting travel lanes in a way, you know, I guess. Cause uh, then if we didn't know their travel lanes at that time, yep. we would have been even worse off probably because uh, that at least gives you a, 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 a leg up on, okay, they're not coming to the feeders. So. Right. We kind of have an idea then where they actually are walking, so let's go right Perfect. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and you know, hunting travel lanes uh, are, are are a great way of doing it. Uh, and, and you'd be surprised, you know, uh, around the, a lot of a lot around a lot of deer stands. There, there's also a lot of good travel lanes. I mean, um, um, and, and it's funny. You you can actually get up in a deer blind. Don't even look at your feeder. Look over on the right. Look over on the left. And you know, and catch these deer transitioning, and uh, you know that can be, um, you know that that can be a very effective way of of hunting. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on? I mean, just I don't know uh, methods of scouting. Uh, yeah, you know what to look for. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, the the one thing to always consider, always to, to to think is, you know, deer are. Uh, the deer are just like humans, okay? Uh, they watch college football, as Jimmy mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, but, but they will definitely take the path of least resistance. Um, you know, assuming all of the, the factors, uh, that, that make them feel comfortable are there, okay? Now, you know, if, 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 if you've got a scenario where you've got a, uh, you know, a 50 mile an hour north wind, um, and, you know, you've got a, a big oak tree, um, and you know, the, there's two ways of getting there, right? So one would be through like an open field and the other one would be through the thick shinnery. Well, because of that wind, the deer is obviously going to be already kind of freaked out, okay? Because their senses aren't as great because they, they can't, uh, with the wind being that crazy and that swirly, they can't really detect on what's going on. So, um, you know, that they're going to take the, um, they're going to take the more uh, protected way there. So, 
you know, it, 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 it's look, looking at trails again. You know, you, you can see some trails that are definitely predefined. Obviously, droppings are a great way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting to get a little bit later into the, into the month, you know, late September, early October, uh, the, the, uh, the, the whitetail bucks will start to, uh, create scrapes and they'll start to, to do rubs. They'll rub little saplings and whatnot. So that's a, that's a real good way to tell if, uh, you know, if deer have been there. Um, you know, something else to do is if you've had any of that, that moisture, any of that rain, um, it, it was something that, that I've kind of done is you can just do it with your hand, um, is go in there and, and take a, a, what, where you think there's a good travel route, uh, and wipe your hand over that mud. So you're kind of, you're creating a, a clean slate, right? Um, and then go back and check in a couple hours, you know, or check it the next day and you can see how many deer went through there, you know, and you can, you know, generally tell whether it was a buck or a doe and how many, you know, by looking at the tracks. Um, obviously, the, the, the best way of scouting for any game, you know, whether it be hogs, turkey, or deer, uh, would be with the trail cameras. Uh, mm-hmm. The trail cameras are absolutely awesome. And, man, they have come a long way. I'm uh, pretty sure I was, my dad was the first one in line at, uh, <laughs> at Bass Pro to, to buy a game camera when they were filmed. Uh, and I remember we were like, oh wow, it, you know, it took uh, 50 pictures, and you know we'd have to run up to you know Tom Thumb and have them develop the film. And <laughs> right. oh my God, I mean it was it was it was it was torture. Um, we're the last gener- in the v- generation that will remember that. Yeah, you know, that it, it, <laughs> so of course film is coming back, but uh, not, not uh, like back. like like records and things of that nature. Oh, we're sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So yeah, you know, September in, in, in general is, is a, is a, is a transition month. You know, things are, are starting to happen. Um, you know, in East Texas, uh, I know that the rut is actually starting to happen. Uh, it's starting to, to get closer and the bucks are starting to get a little irritated with each other. Um, it's just, so it usually starts that much earlier in East it, Texas than it, it, it really even in does. Central Texas. And... It, it really does. It, it, it literally, you can, you can look it on a map. Um, and I, it's, I, if I find it, I'll, I'll post it or I'll have you post it because I'm okay. kind of inept when it comes to that stuff. But, um, there, there's a map that shows, you know, generally speaking, you know, date, uh, you know, this week and, and late September through this week and, and October is the East Texas run, you know, and as you move further west, it just gets later and later and later until you really reach the Trans-Pecos area in the Panhandle. Uh, and you're talking about the mule deer rut is, um, uh, you know, so I, th- I think it's like in late January uh, or, or early January. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a wave of of um, um, of, of I don't yeah the how they they all uh, do their breeding and whatnot. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, what do uh, what are my favorite game? Uh, the turkey. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what is old Tom doing this time of year? Well, the the turkeys the, the turkeys this time of year are are gearing up and they're they're sitting around laughing their little feathery bottoms <laughs> off to, to to watch my father fuss and stew as the as fifty of them swoop right. in and, and clean up a three second spin of corn uh, and to hear my dad fumbling around the blind looking for a slingshot or his his orange hanky to try to to scare him away like some sort of raging bull. Right. Um, <laughs> You know the 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 turkeys, um, the, the the turkeys typically you know in, in the in the spring they'll they'll hang out together. Obviously that's the quote unquote turkey rut. 
Um, after the, the spring is over, they typically break back up into the, the, the bachelor groups. Um, obviously the hens will be with their, with their poults. I actually just saw last weekend, I saw a group of hens with, with some poults and the, the poults are, uh, which a poult is a baby turkey for, for those who don't, don't know. Uh, the, the poults now look about the, about the size of a, of a small chicken. Um, so they're still going to be hanging out together. Um, separately, it seems like in the fall, they, they, they come back together though to feed. Um, and of course they always come back together to go up to the roost, but you know, the, the, the turkeys are, are really kind of, you know, they're, you know, they, they can sense the, the change in the weather, you know, they're, they're going to be out there. They're going to be hitting the acorns as well. Okay. They're going to be hitting the corn, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, they're, they're getting ready for, uh, getting ready for winter. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I, I've been meaning to look it up and I always forget. Why does Texas, or at least where we are, mm-hmm. why do we have a a hen season mm-hmm. in the fall? Uh, well, well, I guess why do we have a split season like that? But we're, you know, do you know? I'm just. I I I don't. I is is it a hen season or is it a bearded hen season? Uh, you know, I'd have to look it up actually. But there is some season of some sort. It's kind of you know yeah. split up from the regular spring. Yeah, obviously for gobblers and stuff. So yeah, yeah, because I I know in the spring you cannot shoot, and of course we're talking about Rio Grande turkeys. Texas yeah. has got yeah. Texas has got three varieties actually. The the Rio being the most popular, uh, the Eastern, and then we actually have a a, a, a um, in our our mountainous area, quote unquote. Uh, we've actually got the Merriman turkey. Which is the uh, the mountainous turkey? Now they they've kind of they've kind of become a hybrid apparently with some Rios. But anyway, um, I, I swear to you, Jimmy, that, that you can only shoot bearded hens in the fall. Um, but I, I'm not really sure. You, you know, the, the the management on turkeys is. It, it, I tell you, it, it's actually a really great story. Uh, and, and maybe that's another topic for a blog mm-hmm. would be the, the success. I, I tell you, I don't want to be giving it away. And hopefully you all listening out there and then podcast land will forget so we don't spoil the surprise. But I, I, I think maybe another topic we can talk about is, um, you know, the hunter influenced, uh, success stories of animals, uh, of game animals. I mean, the turkey is an incredible story. Uh, the snow goose is another one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, if anyone out there listening knows that off the top of their head, mm-hmm. uh, send us an email. Howdy at uh, feed, howdy at feedbandit dot com. Yep. And let us know uh, why that is. Uh, I'm curious. Yep. And I probably won't look it up in the next before I go to bed, so it's <laughs> I may forget again. So yeah, there you go. Please email us at howdy at feedbandit dot com and let us yep. know if you know the answer to that. Uh, that turkey question. Absolutely. And if if we if we were prepared, we would give away something for the first person who emailed us with that answer. That's right. That's <laughs> we need right. to plan ahead. Now, future podcasts, we will have a giveaway yeah. for a question that we ask ourselves and we don't know the answer to. Yeah. I got so, some. Tape. I got some. So keep listening. Right here. Oh, and, and I got Elena of Avalar ring, which is, <laughs> you don't know who that is. That's <laughs> a, a Disney character ring. Uh, anyway, yeah. That's what happens when you have two little girls. Uh, anything else? Uh, any, anything else about any of the other, uh, any other yeah. critters running around? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, obviously we, we covered the, you know, we, we talked about Dove on the earlier one, but, but two more I'd like to, to talk about are the, you know, the ducks and the geese and the cranes. Um, you know, the, the waterfowl, again, as the, um, as the, as the seasons turn, they, they start moving, they start moving south. Okay. Uh, it's so one of the things I mentioned in one of the other, uh, podcasts that we did was, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to be hunting, you know, the waterfowl, and you're wanting to see when the next influx of migratory birds is coming, well, just check a couple of states north of you. Um, and, you know, um, you know, literally when Montana and Kansas and Oklahoma and really everything north of us starts getting really cold, you, you can be sure that there's going to be a whole influx of, of, of new targets, uh, uh, ducks and geese and cranes and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, this time this time of year, yeah, things are, I mean, it's it's starting to get, they have, it's starting to be fall up there, you know, and, and so it's starting to get cool. In fact, I think Montana actually had a um, uh, they had some some snow a couple of weeks ago. So uh, birds will be on the way. The the teal duck is the first one down there. In fact, I mentioned earlier on another um, podcast that we've got Texas has got a teal season that actually opens up this Saturday. Uh, early teal season it runs for I think two or three weeks. So I'll be excited to. Uh, See if I can't um, um, hunt some of those, those those teal birds. They are a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. But I think that the last game, Amal, I, I'd like to cover, it's a pretty popular one, is going to be the feral hog. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you know, the feral hog is... Uh, the nemesis. Yeah, you know, they, they really are. But but the, <laughs> but the unreality, but Texas fun. hunters... You know, a lot of fun. Texas hunters should not, should not look down on the feral hog because it's because of the feral hog... That the the majority of us, not present company included, are just incredible marksmen. <laughs> hey, we we have a plethora of targets basically uh, year round. Well, I'm um, still proud. I'm still proud of that shot that I did. How I don't, how far? It was a long shot. I remember we were driving and we we're coming oh. back towards uh, Cottonwood. Yep. yep. About to turn right on yep. the power line there, oh. and they started running across, and I had my T23. Yes. AR, you know, and. Yep. <laughs> Oh god! I, I missed a couple. Then I nailed that one that came right out. I mean, wow. sprinting across the road. That was impressive. Yeah, well, Laid I, them out. I do remember it, but I also remember the hot shells uh, <laughs> all over me. So I don't think I actually <laughs> saw the kill shot. But yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, but remember, we thought it was a kill shot. I oh, laid that guy out, yeah. and, and he yeah. rolled. That's right. And we were hooting and hollering and yep. all that type of stuff. About to yep. get in the car to go find him. Yeah. And what happens? He gets up and runs away. Yep. After he'd been yep. laying, after he, I rolled him and he'd been laying there. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tell you what, that that's another topic. You know, feral hogs are just God. They, they're just they they really are an incredible animal. That uh, uh, again, you know, that they came from a domesticated animal. Or the you know the 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 pig. I think the story is that when the Spaniards came over here, they brought a whole bunch of pigs with them. Some of them are going to get out, I guess, and have chicken wire back in the, you know, the 1700s or whatever, and uh, or you know, uh, the five-strand barbed wire, and so they escaped, and now they've become this this impenetrable monster who has basically no uh, enemies except for us, um, you know, and of course coyotes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but you know, a lot of people are you know ask, okay, you know, what what you know, what are the hogs doing this time of year? Well, you know, naturally the the pigs are going to be all over your feeders. Uh, you know, come the first of October, there is a lot of squealing where we hunt because, uh, those piggly wigglies will come out there as, as night, as fun as they are. And, 
We just, yeah, we, we make a lot of bacon. Um, but also they, those, they sometimes will disappear, you know, in late September and, and into October. And again, what are they after? Something that we've been talking about this entire time. They're after those acorns. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're actually looking for something fun to do, uh, you know, for example, say like your, your, your favorite college team is not playing until, uh, you know, seven o'clock that night. Okay. And you, yeah, you don't want to take a nap. If you want to go find some hogs, get get your get in the get in the brush, get in the forest, find those live oak trees in the middle of the day. Make sure the wind is at your face. Get your favorite trusty AR and some of your buddies, and and go have a ball. I guarantee you, they're going to be in there. They're going to be in there eating those acorns. Um, well, that's 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 a lot of fun. And while you do that, I'll be taking a nap. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, on that note, uh, you got anything else? I think that's it, my friend. I, I think that's it. I mean, thank God it, it's it's you know as, as you said earlier, it's September dove season here is here. Uh, life is good, my friend. Life is good. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, if you guys like uh, what you get here and want uh, want more, just a reminder: please join us, join the hunt at feedbanet.com/slash/join, uh, where you'll get our free ebook of unique hunting tips and tricks. Again, go to feedbanit.com slash join. And as a reminder, if you're a small business, at feed store, or a gear maker or inventor, and you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the FeedBanit podcast, please let us know. Uh, go to feedbanit.com slash promote and drop us a line there. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Again, that's feedbanit.com slash promote. Uh, so thanks, everyone. And uh, what do we like to say about uh, feed stores? Richard? Absolutely. <laughs> Support your local feed stores. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank Have you.